So this week I have very two very very special ladies with me from Chat the Chat Disney podcast. Mercedes and Tosh. These ladies speak proper English because they are from the wonderful land of the United Kingdom. Ladies, how are you doing today or this oh, evening in this case? Yeah, <laughs> getting late for us, but uh, no, we're very well, thank you. Excited to be on. Absolutely. I really appreciate you being here. I really really appreciate it. And uh, making time, it, it I know, is uh, quite a little bit of footwork to be able to work out our schedules. But um, we did it. We're here. Why don't you introduce yourselves and uh, we'll get going from there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on the podcast. Very exciting. I'm Mercedes. I am the slightly younger member of Chat Disney, although Tash and I are the exact same age. We met at high school about 17 years ago. So we've been friends for a very long time. Uh, We both grew up in Brighton, which is a lovely coastal town on the south coast of England, about an hour away from London. I live with my fiance, Chris, and Tash lives very close by. Yes, I do. And uh, Mercedes and I started our Chat Disney podcast um, almost a year ago. It'll be a year ago in early March. Um, and yeah, we pretty much sit and chat Disney. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fantastic. And it it is definitely a show worth checking out. Um, these ladies come up with some really fun topics and they have a lot of fun games at the end of their podcast where they like to stump each other or other people in uh little different trivial things it's fantastic so thank you you ladies are not just i mean you're not here um obviously but (laughs) you do like to travel the world from my understanding and you have done something that i am quite jealous of you've been to majority if not all of the different disney parks yes so between us we have done every disney park so Um, I was lucky enough to live in China for three years up until 2018. Um, So I had an annual pass for Shanghai. So I went there pretty much on a weekly basis. Um, And then I also managed to do Tokyo and Hong Kong while I was out there. So the only park that I haven't done is Florida. Um, But that is to be changed very soon. (laughs) Absolutely. And I have done all of the Western parks. So both of the American parks and also Disneyland Paris, which is the park that's on our doorstep living in the United Kingdom. And because Tash was living in Shanghai, it seems like the perfect opportunity for me to have my first trip to Asia. So I flew out there for grand opening and we got to go to a brand new Disney park together, which was a really amazing experience for the pair of us. Oh, that is something special. I actually, when I was just down there, well, down at Walt Disney World, and I uh, pin traded with a cast member who had an opening day Shanghai pin wow. on their lanyard. That's really and cool. uh, yeah, I made sure to to grab that. And that's not something that I would easily come about um, on a daily basis. Um, that is, like I said, I'm jealous that that's always been a, uh, a bucket list dream of mine to be able to, to visit all the different parks. I sadly have only done the Walt Disney World Park myself, and um, I, I have a history there. I, I actually opened the Animal Kingdom, so being part of an opening or being part of the event of an opening of a park is something spectacular. Um, it is definitely a once-in-a-lifetime event. Yeah. But um, I just I have some questions regarding Disney parks that aren't, you know, not Walt Disney World or particularly in the United States. Sure. Yes, of so, course. 
So I mean, you de- ladies are definitely the ones to help out with that. Yes. Indeed. I guess the for our English listening uh, guest, what is how is it language wise going to these different parks? Do you need to know the native language? Do they? Um, how do they bring in English? Is English at all available within it- between the cast members, the signs? Yeah, that's a great question. I think from my experience in Disneyland Paris, I will say one thing and then Tash from her experience in Asia will say something slightly different. So looking at Paris on its own, absolutely, you do not need to speak a word of French. The majority of people that go to Disneyland Paris are English speakers, whether that's because they're in Britain or whether that's because they are Europeans that have just learned English at school. I would say that it's probably about 60% French, 40% English. So it's really, really similar. You have English speaking cast members, all of the attractions are in French and English and all of the shows are in French and English. And I think all of the signs are English. I don't think there's any French signage at all. Um, But yeah, Tash, why don't you speak about Asia? Yeah, in Asia, it's a little different. I mean, again, you all the cast members and and everyone speak English. So you can definitely go without, you know, having a grasp on the either Chinese or Japanese language, whichever park you're going to. Um, The only differences are with Shanghai. um, Most of the rides are predominantly in Chinese or yeah, Mandarin. Um, So it is a little bit difficult to kind of follow along with some of the storylines. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, um, a very popular ride. Most people generally know the story of Pirates of the Caribbean, so it doesn't matter too much. But all the shows will be in in Mandarin um, and sort of a lot of the songs with the fireworks display on the castle. They're all kind of turned into Mandarin with the exception of a few. Um, And then in Hong Kong, Hong Kong is actually quite interesting because they use a mix. So they use some Mandarin, some Cantonese and some English as well. Um, So, yeah, it's really easy in in Hong Kong. I mean, with a lot of the attractions and the rides kind of where there's a narrative, part of it will be in kind of Cantonese and then kind of there'll be a response in English. So it's very, very easy to kind of follow the storylines of certain attractions. I think to answer your original question as well about like how does it change the park for the most part it's it's fine it's still Disneyland it's still magical but we would be lying if we said that the experience was exactly the same and I think that the ride that that's most evident with is Star Tours for me um, I went to Disneyland Paris in January 2018 And there was a really lovely cast member. It was first thing in the morning. It just opened. And I asked him if it would be possible to have the attraction in English. And he was really sweet. He was like, absolutely. Put it in English. It was the brand new Force Awakens narrative. Really exciting. Um, There was some, I think there was some Last Jedi stuff in there as well. It was really, really cool. And then we went back on the attraction and there was a different cast member. And I asked again if it would be possible to have it in English. He said, I'm afraid not. We went on it in French. It just wasn't as exciting. Like if you you understand what's happening and it is still impressive, but if you're not fully versed in the language, of course it's not going to be as exciting. One could say something got lost in the translation, I guess. Yeah. So, all right that that is that is good to know. And something I know that Walt Disney World has. Disneyland doesn't exactly have the same version. The Fast Pass, is that something that is easily available in all the parks? I know Paris, there is two different versions of Fast Pass. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Paris is probably the most similar to Disneyland in Anaheim. So we, at the moment, we don't have anything in, in Disneyland Paris, like Fast Pass Plus or anything like that. Um, we still have paper tickets, but I believe there is now an app as well. But I think I could be wrong. We will see in January when we go back, Tash. I think that's paid for in the same way that the one in Anaheim is. Um, so at the moment, it's just your kind of standard paper tickets. And when I went in Shanghai, uh, when I went to Shanghai to visit Tash, I noticed there was something really different about the way that you collect your fast pass, which Tash will be able to tell you about in a bit more detail. Yeah. So in Shanghai, instead of kind of going to the individual ride to pick up your fast passes, you have kind of centralized areas. Um, so for Adventure Isle, let's say you would go there and that is where you would get your fast pass for both the rapids and for soaring over the horizon. So there's kind of one central area in each land where you pick up your fast passes for kind of all rides. Um, the downside of that is, of course, queues do get very big. They have now, well, in the past couple of years, they do now have it so you can do it on the app. They did have a lot of problems in Shanghai, though, um, while I was there with and I'm still not quite sure how people were doing this but with people getting fake fast passes or fast passes and selling them um and it was kind of not completely uncommon to see kind of big groups of people kind of barging in queues for the fast passes somehow getting lots of them I don't know how because obviously it's done per ticket and then selling them for a fee to people but the park did come down on that pretty tightly and I don't think that happens anymore but that is definitely something that I've only ever seen in that park I can't imagine seeing anything like that anywhere else no and with the um the concept that Tash just said there with regards to going to each of the different park sort of lands to get the tickets I think they're introducing that to California soon could be I, I haven't heard I know they are switching it up um I out of the all the ones I have read about, I personally, I mean, I may be biased. I think Disney World has the best setup, but that's because Disney World has the easiest way to alter its infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, with how it's built and I using think, the magic bands and also using the app that way. Yeah. Um, I think that Walt Disney World. For me, like having been to Walt Disney World and then having been to some of these smaller Disneylands, I, I, I can't wait for Tash to go because then she literally has visited every Disney resort and I can't wait to hear her thoughts and things like that. But for me, Walt Disney World is just in a completely different league. Like nothing else can touch it when it comes to guest experience overall and just the fluidity of how everything runs so seamlessly. I think that they're just, yeah, they're untouchable with that respect. Yeah, and um, Disney has, um, over the years, just not necessarily um, kept up with the infrastructure in Disneyland. They keep on running on the, some of the same communication wires and whatnot that they built in when the park opened in the 60s. So that's why they haven't been able to implement the, the Magic Bands. Uh, why they, Tokyo, they haven't done that where you think particularly Tokyo is such a newer Japan's are always on top of the technology. They are always pushing the technology envelope. So you would think that's something that they would have brought in over there. Shanghai, again, brand new park. Yeah. So, but they keep going with the paper tickets. 
So, which I find that interesting. Um, also, Disney World's the only one then that you don't have to pay for. It sounds like. Yeah, well, I, I, with the Disneyland Paris one, I'll have to get back to you on that for certain. But definitely in Anaheim when I was there in March to get the better fast pass experience whereby you're booking on the app so you're not physically going to the kiosk and you're mm-hmm. able to get fast passes for rides in the other park. So if you're in California Adventure, you can pick up your ticket for Small World, for example, or whatever it may be. Then, yes, you have to pay I believe it was a nominal fee, like $5 a day or something like that. But if you're a family of four and you're spending a long weekend, that money soon racks up and it becomes quite expensive. Oh, absolutely. That that definitely would uh, catch up to you quickly. Yeah. yeah. From what I read in Paris, the, it is the same setup where you have your standard fast pass that you go and collect the ticket. No fee, no charge. If you want the expedited one and go on, I guess, an app or whatever the, the method may be, um, that there is a, a nominal fee of sorts that goes along yeah. with that. Yeah, that sounds about right. They, they didn't have that in place when I last went. It was just the paper ticket. So I, that's something definitely for us to look out for. So thank you for that. I know that they have got a new app. So that sounds like that makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, Tash, you're, you're going to love even though it's a little confusing at first, the uh, the fast pet setup, just make sure you do it 90 days out if you're staying on property. Yes, I know. This is something I'm very <laughs> about is booking fast passes in advance. It makes so much sense. If you are, we have a question for you, actually. Yeah. Uh, if you're staying off property, can you, mm. can you still do that? Yes, but it is, I want to say 60 days out. So you you do get the ability that you can book your fast passes in advance, but you are penalized as in a time factor. So you cannot book it as far out as you can if you are staying on property. Ah, there we go. Something so, to note. Yes. So there that is one of the um, big benefits as far as staying on property versus staying off property. Transportation, extra magic hours, um, those are some of the additional ones on top of that. Dining, I think it is the same whether you, as long as you have tickets, as long as you have a um, reservation, you can book at whatever point. I don't remember if there's a um, a penalty period. I, I mean, I use penalty period just because I, I lack of a better word. <laughs> uh, but being naughty and not staying on property, let's say that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, as far as the uh, the fast passes go, you definitely get you get. I think it is at least thirty days extra if you're staying on property to be able to go ahead, book flight of passage that first thing in the morning, and then go from there. Definitely, yeah, it's a great a great setup that they've got there. Yeah, and you all do you do it right through the app now, which is is pretty easy. Um, you even set up your dining through the app before you have to try and call and you you know wait half an hour or i've waited close to an hour for a cast member on the phone to set up dining reservations um now you just do it on the app you could change it on the app for the most part it's pretty easy i've had some technical difficulties where i've had to call but since most people are doing it through the app i don't wait that long to speak to a cast member to be able to book my um adrs okay but um yet it's Disney World has it so streamlined now, and 
being that it's the vacation kingdom of the world and the most people come there and visit that actually it, it's a good thing that they have taken that step and and done stuff like that yes absolutely so all right how uh, let me get more into like the attractions how do the attractions compare throughout the different places i know you touched on about the languages but beyond the languages I mean, I think the one that we would both agree on the most is the Shanghai version of Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, for anyone who does tune into our podcast, we mention Pirates of the Caribbean in Shanghai quite a lot um, because it is so significantly amazing. I mean, the technology that they use, I mean, I don't like to give too much away because I don't like to be kind of have things spoiled for myself when I go on ride. So I'll, I'll try mm -hmm. not to give too many spoilers. But just kind of the, the screen technology that they use is it's amazing. And they've completely modernized that ride. Um, and they've done a fantastic job in doing so. Um, but a lot of the other rides, I mean, kind of you got, you know, you've got small world in Hong Kong and Tokyo um you've got kind of your average things everywhere Splash Mountain um Splash Mountain you don't have anywhere do you in yeah. Tokyo you Splash have it in Tokyo is, yeah. yes yes oh. it's in Tokyo it's in Tokyo as well I learned something yeah. yeah and then obviously you have you know versions of sort of your um Big Thunder Mountain in various parks um so yeah there's quite a lot of crossovers um and you know different parts have kind of adapted them differently I think one of the most interesting ones again for me is the Haunted Mansion or Phantom Manor whichever park you're familiar with um they've kind of done that in Hong Kong but it's Mystic Manor so it's a similar kind of setup but with a completely different story um and for those of you that have heard of it it's meant to be one of Disney's sort of best best rides um so yeah and then obviously you've got Phantom Manor in Paris which is different to the Haunted Mansion um Mercedes I know that's one of your favorite ones yeah I absolutely love Phantom Manor it's got a much stronger narrative than Haunted Mansion and I was it's gonna say I heard it's it's almost darker in some ways it is definitely it's much more similar to the narrative of that awful Eddie Murphy movie that came out <laughs> um where you've got really what? Karen. We won't speak of that one. We don't want yeah. to speak of that one. Definitely. Brush that <laughs> one under the, the carpet. Definitely. Um, but yeah, and they've actually um, updated Phantom Manor. It's been closed for about two years. And that's one of the attractions that Tash and I can't wait to go on in January when we go back to Paris. It's got a brand new stretching room. There are some new animatronics that have been added. And apparently the narrative comes through even more. Um, I think while we're talking about differences with rides, I think Tash's summary there was perfect. But one of the things that's really Really different is just the quality so for example Space Mountain in Disneyland Paris is in my opinion absolutely leagues above both the versions in Disneyland and Walt Disney World and that's simply because it's newer it's a coaster that was made in the early 90s so the chairs are much more comfortable the track is much more intense the track is more fluid and it just lends itself better I think when they do like the hyperspace mountain overlays and things like that because it's a more modern coaster it just feels more thrilling um I think that um, something like Big Thunder Mountain as well. The Big Thunder Mountain attraction in Disneyland Paris is just a better, it's an improvement in my opinion of the two US versions. Obviously I can't comment on Asia as I've not been on a Big Thunder Mountain in Asia. But yeah, I would say that looking at big rides like coasters and that sort of thing in Paris, they're just newer. So therefore they're a little bit fresher, 
um, like Space Mountain in Paris, you sit side by side and you have loops, you have corkscrews, you have inversions. It's a much more wow. intense ride. And you, you launch outside the, the show building too, isn't that correct? Absolutely. Oh, I remember so, seeing. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. There's like a it's it, the um, Discovery Land, which is our version of Tomorrowland, because that expression that you guys use of tomorrow, meaning the future, we don't mm. really use that in England. Like if we say tomorrow, we literally mean the next following day. Um, so for that reason, it's Discovery Land. And it's 1900s kind of explorer themed. So very Jules Verne. You've got the Nautilus, there's lots of kind of gold orbs and things like that. It's really cool. And on Space Mountain, you've got this large tunnel. And then as the coaster, as the carriages kind of get into position, a little door opens so you can see all the people sitting there. And then as you say, it launches right off almost like a you know a rocket launching into space and then the door closes ready for the next carriage to get into position so it's it's quite different and it's quite nice I think that the Imagineers didn't just kind of put a carbon copy there they gave Paris something that they could own for themselves well that smacks a lot of the the ancient movie with the journey to the moon I believe it is where mm -hmm. you had the people in the the little rocket ship and they could get fired out of the cannon towards the moon and end up landing in the moon's eye yeah but uh yeah so here's a uh, bit of trivia let me just throw this out to you and see who gets the ten thousand useless bonus points which was <laughs> the first which park had the first space mountain oh so let's put our brains together and win the ten thousand bonus points together um i know for a fact that it was Walt's vision because it was in the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. However, I have a feeling it didn't get made in his lifetime. So for that reason, I feel like I'm going to say Florida. Yeah, I feel think? like most people would guess California and it's actually not. Should feel like it's not yeah. the, yeah. Okay. You are right. It yes. is Florida. <laughs> yes, we win. 10,000 useless bonus points to the Thank both of you. you. <laughs> Thanks so much you're welcome you're welcome so moving on so we compared attractions how's the food compare because disney food is important it is becoming much more of a growing culture before it was just burgers and dogs but now it's evolving to a point that even in walt disney world and they're starting in, in disneyland and the other parks where they're having celebrations just around food so how is the food compared from one park to the next park obviously there's going to be some cultural influence i'm sure but how is that well matthew i am glad you asked i think probably the thing that i like to talk about more than disney is food mm -hmm. i love food so when you've got disney and food i'm very very happy i went to my first food and wine festival in march this year in anaheim it was amazing i now need to go to the epcot one and unfortunately, in Disneyland Paris, Paris, obviously the food capital of the world, you would expect that the food would be good quality. And it just isn't. It is really, really, really poor. I would say it's probably the biggest thing that Disneyland Paris doesn't have going for it. The dining offerings are not great. They have five-star restaurants. Walt's Restaurant on Main Street is probably the most famous. And I had a dining package the last time I went and I knew that the food in Disneyland Paris wasn't so great. So I decided to upgrade and eat at Walt's so that I could have a really delicious five-star meal. 
And unfortunately, it just wasn't very palatable, very bland. Whenever we have any kind of like exclusives at Disneyland Paris, so you know how you guys have like the Arundel Aqua, so they'll bring out like Arundel Aqua cake pops and uh, cake mm-hmm. pots and cookies and stuff like that. That just doesn't happen in Paris. And if we do have like a limited edition item, it will always be beige and it will always have Nutella in it. Like that's all Disneyland Paris can produce is beige Nutella food. And it's such a shame. And that that's very much Paris and kind of their narrative when it comes to food. Um, Tash, do you want to delve into Asia? I mean, again, I'm, Asia is not much to write home about. I mean, it kind of depends on your taste palette. Um, I would say with Shanghai, they are kind of developing more options. Um, I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so it is a little bit difficult to be a vegetarian in China because so many things, even if you think they're kind of vegetable, you know, vegetable, vegetarian, they're kind of cooked in meat or oil or whatever. Um, but Shanghai are definitely developing more options for vegetarians. But in terms of across the board, um, it's a very sort of strong traditional Asian influence fusion. Um, so, again, it depends if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and I would say the same again for Hong Kong and Tokyo as well. There's nothing really from my experience in any of those parks that really kind of stood out. Certainly not in the way that people rave about the food in Walt Disney World. And I think also... Like, especially as, you know, you're saying you really want to go to these different international parks and see how the cuisine is influenced by that. You would expect to get things like frog's legs and escargot in Paris and noodles and, you know, sushi in in Japan. And they do offer that, but it's very limited and it's really bad quality. Like I wanted to eat the Chinese food when I went to Shanghai Disney because it was novel and they do really cool things that you'll see like Mickey dim sum and they have the Mickey hoisin pizza, but it's just Mm -hmm. awful tasting. Wow. Depending where I guess where you go, because I I have spent some time in um, Asia, but wasn't in uh, China. I was in Vietnam and the, the food where I ate was fresh, but that that was just local markets. Um, it wasn't any big conglomerate restaurants or anything like that. But that's, I guess, the difference there, isn't it? Because it's not something that's supposed to be mass produced. This is something that, you know, you're just going to a mom and pop uh, restaurant and they're making everything fresh right there from whatever's grown locally. Sure. I think one of the big things with the Asian parks as well is, you can, if you're just sort of in the cities, you can get food for very cheap. I mean, you could get kind of a meal from a street food vendor in Shanghai for about, I don't know, a pound, less than a pound. Whereas you are paying still kind of Disney Disney prices for, as Mercedes said, kind of substandard food. So that is kind of, I don't know, if you spent a bit of time in China or whatever, wherever before you go to the park, it's kind of, I don't know, it becomes a bit annoying that you're kind of paying a lot of money for something that you know you could get. For better quality and for a hell of a lot cheaper yeah and Gosh, I think... are you saying that disney elevates its prices <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> i think it's worth mentioning as well like just to caveat what we've said we're talking specifically about disney like the food in china and the food in paris is right. out of this world delicious amazing food we're specifically talking about the disney parks food yeah, the um, yeah, we we are not talking about the country in general of Japan, China, or France. We are talking specifically about the parks, and the job or the job that they lack to do 
yes. on their quality <laughs> of food. I mean, you still get, like you said, the the Mickey-shaped items. Can you get a, a, a Mickey uh, ice cream bar and uh, Dole Whips? Are um, that available in the other parks? Mickey-shaped food, yes. So Mickey ice creams, Mickey muffins, all of that kind of thing, and Mickey pretzels. But Dole Whip is something that I've, I've actually never had a Dole Whip. You can get, you can, yeah. <laughs> you can get, um, you can get Dole Whip in Paris, but it's not called Dole Whip. It's called like Pineapple Swirl or something, um, and that's new. That's like revolutionary. Like I feel like with Paris, they are they are getting a bit of a flavor now for what people want because of this kind of Instagram social media generation. Sure. Um, but the, they did have like unique stuff in China, like. They had a mini ice cream bar, and it was white chocolate with strawberry, and that was amazing. Ooh. Yeah. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so they're getting more literal with the instead of calling the Dole Whip, they're literally calling it what it is, a pineapple swirl. Because most people go, well, what is a Dole Whip? Well, it's, it's soft-served pineapple ice cream, uh, which is just brilliant, especially on a hot floor today. Absolutely. How about getting to the parks? Because I know some of the parks have dedicated trams or trains. Um, from what I saw from like Paris, it, there's a giant hub uh, street around the park property. Yeah, so in Paris, um, it's it's a much smaller scale of what you see in Walt Disney World, but essentially it's that still it's that kind of purpose-built idea rather than something like Anaheim where it's literally just in a street in Anaheim so um the area is called Marne la Valley and it's about half an hour out of Paris and in Marne la Valley you've got like six or seven Disney hotels you've got the Disney Village which is like Disney Springs or downtown Disney you've got Walt Disney Studios and you've got the Disney Park and then there's also a really big shopping center called Valder Europe which is like 10 minutes away and I think that that is literally just there because of the Disneyland Paris market you've got lots of British people in this tiny little area with nothing else going on around it so it's kind of things have started to pop up around that area naturally because of Disney but for us in the UK we're really lucky because we have this magical little thing called a Eurostar which is a train that departs from London and literally takes you to the Mon La Valley station which is in the heart of Disney Village so you can get on a train for like an hour from London or two hours something like that and get off at Disneyland Paris which is amazing oh, I'm so jealous yeah yeah and then with the Asian parks um again I mean they're all kind of in their own kind of separate purpose-built areas similar to Paris um with Shanghai. Shanghai is about an hour out of the city centre, um, but it costs about 60p, um, 60 cents on the metro. So very, very inexpensive to get to. Um, and then with Tokyo and Hong Kong, um, one of my favourite things about getting to those parks is that the metro is completely Disney themed. So the train that you get on to take you directly to the parks, um, you've kind of got your Mickey shaped windows, your um, handlebars that you hold on to are Mickey shaped. You kind of have um, almost like little glass cabinets throughout the metro with kind of artifacts and different things displayed, Disney facts, those kind of things. So, yeah, something that I've never seen anywhere else. So that is really cool for those two parks. That's brilliant. Uh, that's that great. Is... 
they're trying to do something similar in 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 Florida where they have the um, Magical Express. It is um, it's run by an outside company, but the buses are completely Disney themed, even to the point that the upholstery on the the seats that you're on have Mickey shapes in them. Amazing. So, yeah. So and then they have the videos playing, and uh, depending on the driver that you get, they'll either give some sort of trivia or give you know some sort of stories about stuff from the park. So they're getting there. It's a whole different whole different system. Definitely. But, all right. Let me. I know it's getting late for you, ladies. So let me get into the lightning round. Oh, exciting! <laughs> there we go. So, favorite castle. Paris. Uh, that's difficult. Yeah, Paris. Uh, yeah, visually Paris. It's yeah for me. It's the most beautiful. That includes the dragon, or it does not. Uh, it does have a dragon. Yes, it does indeed. Okay. Favorite unique attraction, and by unique attraction, I mean one that's not really mirrored in the uh, other parks. So I guess technically, I guess pirates would not be included because. You do have other variations of it, but Tron Coaster uh, isn't built in Florida yet, so that is still just unique to uh, Shanghai. For me, I would say Crush's Coaster in Disneyland Paris. And I would say Mystic Manor in Shanghai. I mean, I know it's kind of similar to Phantom Manor and Haunted Mansion, but it is still its own completely unique story. I think that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It's not like ghosts and ghouls. And not it's Tron. a completely different I you'd story. Say Tron. And I do love Tron as well. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how hopefully the Americans don't mess that up like we do so many other things. Hmm. <laughs> Um, and then finally, the big one, favorite non-American park. Oh, Shanghai. Paris. That, that That's easy for us. Yeah. We're, kind of, we're biased. I, yeah. I've been to Paris many, right. many times. And yeah, Tash had a Shanghai annual pass. So yeah, we're like repping our individual yeah. favorites there. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Again, thank you, ladies, for being on the show. Please tell my my listeners, where can they find you? Oh, thank you. So, yes, the Chat Disney podcast, you can listen using Spotify, the Apple podcast app, or you can head over to chatdisney.co.uk. If you'd like to get in touch with Tasha or I, you can tweet us at chatdisneyuk. And we're also on Instagram at chatdisney. Beautiful. Thank you again so much. Um, I'm sorry to keep you up so late. Oh, don't be silly. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're quite welcome. And please, you know, anytime you want to come on, you have an open invitation. Oh, thank you so much. We'll be back. You're welcome. You're welcome. Once again, I want to thank Tosh and Mercedes for joining me on the show this week. Do you have a desire to go to the different parks? Which park do you want to go to? Or are you like me? Do you want to go to every single park? Let me know. Let us know. Shout out on the social medias. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Marvels podcast. Or on the Twitter at Disney Marvels. Again, the Facebook group is facebook.com slash Disney Marvels podcast. And the Twitter is at Disney Marvels. You can also email the show with your answers or any suggestions for upcoming shows, guests, suggestions for the shows. Email us at DisneyMarvels at gmail.com. The 
email address again is disneymarvels at gmail.com or you can leave us a voice message through Anchor, through the app or the website. I want to thank you for your time. I know how very little time we all have these days, how busy life is, and the fact that you've taken some of that time out means more than I could ever express to you. It is just immensely means a lot. Um, I I hate to ask, but if you could just please take another moment, go onto iTunes, Stitcher, whatever way you're listening to us, and rate the show. It really it really helps the show out if you could just go, particularly on iTunes, log in, give it a quick rating, throw it up at five stars. If you can even, if you have another moment to just type up a quick kind word, do it that way. Or even if you can't do that, let your friends know. Tell everyone about the show. Tell them, hey, check out this Disney Marvels podcast. Got some interesting things going on. It. Um, it really, it really would help the show out. I appreciate it. You know, it just make, helps the family grow. And you know what Walt always thought about families: the bigger the family, the better. And it really, I really would appreciate it. So don't forget also to subscribe to the show, and this way you always know when a new episode pops up. While you're at it, also consider becoming a premium subscriber. Helps the show out that way. Keeps the lights on and keeps things going. And you can oh, you can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support. Again, it's anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support. And remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. And don't forget also, Destinations with Character Travel is a Disney earmarked agency specializing in Disney cruises, and resort vacations, and they're in the business of making your dreams come true. They're made up of past cast members, annual pass holders, lifelong Disney fans, and world traveler enthusiasts. They are in the know regarding all aspects of your travel. Whether your travels are taking you to Disney parks, to an ocean cruise, or a sunny resort stay somewhere, they have the destinations and the service level to make your vacations truly magical ones. Find out how they can take the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy them yourself. Book a Disney five-night package with four-day hopper and you will get a free $25 Disney gift card just by mentioning our podcast, Disney Marvels. So again, that's a five-night package with four-day hopper. And all you have to say is, hey, I heard about you on the Disney Marvel podcast and they will give you free, free money, free $25. So contact them now. Go to the website, www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them, info at destinationswithcharacter.com. Again, the web address is www.destinationswithcharacter.com and the email address is info at destinationswithcharacter.com. And don't forget to mention the Disney Marvels podcast to get your free $25 gift card whatever you're facing out there no matter how difficult how impossible how just life changing things may seem that you whatever you're facing will change your life forever and you don't think you can handle it believe me you will get through this this too shall pass and you know why? Because you are worth it. You are strong enough. You are smart enough. You are brave enough. 
and it doesn't matter what people are saying to you right now it is the fact that there is a light inside of you that it may be hiding but it's gonna burn bright and shine when you find it and set it free be your own hero and set that light free so others can see how amazing you are don't give up you are worth it I'd like to end this show as I usually do with a quote from the man himself Walt Disney I don't want the public to see the world they live in while they're in Disneyland I want them to feel they're in another world that's from Walt Disney thank you again for listening everyone and I'll see you next time Mesdames et messieurs, et vous les enfants. Disneyland Paris, call 407-828-3232. Come and live the magic. Welcome back to Disney Marvels for November 17th, 2019. This is episode 63. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Whether you're planning your next Disney park vacation, cruise vacation, or you just don't know where to start, be sure to do what I do and contact the wonderful people at the Destinations with Character Travel Agency, the official travel partner of the Disney Marvels podcast. Email them now at info at destinationswithcharacter.com, that's info at destinationswithcharacter.com, or visit their website www.destinationswithcharacter.com Again, their website is www.destinationswithcharacter.com And for a free gift, stay tuned to the end of the podcast to find out details. But make sure you mention the Disney Marvel podcast sent you. And now, for the news. Disney Plus will be adding uh, continue, a continuing watching feature in the new f- near future. The much-demanded feature will be added at some point, but there is no definitive date given at this time. A very special and happy birthday to Mickey and Minnie Mouse. No- the 18th of November, Mickey and Minnie celebrated their 91st birthdays together. Well, at the same time. And now... We'll be back after these messages.